going to save my text for just a little bit. So, as they are exiting the sanctuary, I'm going to go ahead and let you be seated. I was, I was raised in Louisiana, born in Mississippi, but raised in Louisiana, so you may be seated. And because of, of that location, there were frequent talks of hurricanes, there was frequent talks of strong storms coming out of the Gulf of Mexico, primarily that's where the ones that would hit Louisiana and Mississippi would come from. Sometimes they would come from the Atlantic and, of course, hit Florida. But being in, in Louisiana, there was always talks of hurricanes. And one hurricane in particular impacted my family. They were, it was actually before I was born, 1969, I believe, Hurricane Camille. And I saw, even though I was born in 1972, there were various places that I would visit with family, and, and they would take me and, and show me these, these places. One particular place was this water hole where, where my dad would swim in this, in this river as he was growing up. And when we went to see the, the swimming hole, it wasn't the same as when he was a kid because Hurricane Camille had come through there and Hurricane Camille had, had knocked down trees and the water was full and, and the place, the swimming hole, was no longer able to be swam in like it was when he was a kid. And, and so I, I saw a lot of the devastation even some, sometimes 10 plus years later of that great storm, that hurricane that had hit the Mississippi and Louisiana Gulf Coast, but there were, uh, there were stories that my dad told of, of people, though, in 1969, they had seen hurricanes before. Hurricanes were no big deal. Storms would come, and storms would go, and so they decided in Biloxi, Mississippi, that they were going to do a hurricane party, and, and the high-rises or multi-story buildings there in Biloxi, they all gathered together and partied as the hurricane was coming in ashore in Biloxi. But unlike the hurricanes that previously had hit that area, they were not prepared for the devastation as people lost their lives as they were partying in the middle of the storm. They didn't think the storm was all of that. They didn't think it was that big of a deal. And so they're like, we've been here before. We've seen this before. But the storm was more difficult than they had anticipated. From an early age, kids have a fear of storms. Kids have a, a, a natural and, and maybe at times a healthy fear of storms, of lightning and thunder. And, but at times, at times it's not really healthy. The storm is not going to hurt you. It's just raging outside and there's thunder and, and there's lightning and, and maybe there's rain. But it's not really that big of a deal but even so, they're, they're often scared of it. They wake up in the middle of the night with the lightning and the, and the thunder, and they want to climb into bed with their parents because they're afraid of storm. And, and not every storm is really bad. Some storms, as I said, they're, they're just, it's just a storm. It's just something else that takes place. But some are difficult. Some are worse than you imagine. Some are, are worse than you anticipated. In the Bible, storms are likened to difficulties and trials that we face there are times in the bible that these physical storms are have spiritual implications and spiritual ramifications as we look at this physical event we look at this natural event and we can then take it to how we experience life and how we experience difficulties and how we experience trials and trouble in the middle of our life so so how should we view storms in our lives when they come? Not the physical rain and, and, and the lightning and the thunder, and hopefully we have a lot of that this week. Tomorrow we're supposed to get some rain. We need some. It's going to cool things down a little bit. But not, not how do we view the rain that comes and how do we view the, the lightning or the thunder that may be outside of our homes, but how do we view the storms of life? How do we respond to those times when things are difficult and we can't figure out why we're in, why we're why we're even in this and how we're going to get out and what are we going to do? Should we fear storms or are storms just natural and no big deal 
Should we be afraid? So today we're going to take a look at a physical storm and take the principles that we see there and apply it to the difficulties that we face in life. It's an actual physical storm. It's not a spiritual storm. But it has implications for how we're going to walk through life as a child of God. I'm going to turn your attention to Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 35 to 41, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Jesus has just been preaching and teaching what is called the Sermon by the Sea. He's standing on the seashore, and he's been preaching and teaching to the masses that have gathered there. And in this particular message that he's, in this time of teaching, he's given the the parable of the sower and the seed. Many of you are familiar with that. He's given the parable of the mustard seed. And so this is a very familiar setting, but at the end of his message, at the end of his time of teaching, he said this. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was and Other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful how is it that you have no faith and they feared exceedingly and said to one another who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him so i want to preach to you for just a little bit trusting through the storm trusting through the storm how many of you are are afraid of storms how many of you I know as a child, you probably were. Anybody still afraid of storms if it gets really loud and it shakes and rattles the house? Anybody? All of the people that are afraid of the storms have now exited the building. They're out there in the children's ministry. So you grow up and you, and you get through that, and, and hopefully you get through that. But here we are in, in the great state of Kansas. And if you know anything about Kansas, it's not quite as bad as Oklahoma when it comes to tornadoes, but we have this wonderful story called The Wizard of Oz that takes place in the state of Kansas. And, and if you know anything about Kansas, you know that tornadoes are in Kansas. Poor little Dorothy and Toto taken up in the tornado, and, and they, li- they end up in the land of Oz. And, and I know you're not afraid, and we're going to have some thunderstorms and rainstorms, but if the sirens were to go off, the tornado sirens, and they were to say that there's a tornado going toward you, I I, I would think that you would want to take certain precautions and certain actions, not necessarily go stand out on the back deck and say, man, this can't really be that bad. Maybe you go stand out on the back deck until you can see it, and you go, I'm heading to the basement. So storms come, and in this particular passage, Jesus sends his disciples into a storm. They're fishermen. They've been in storms before. No doubt they have been out in the middle of the sea, and it's not a large sea. It's not, it's not like it's the, the Gulf of Mexico, and, and my mic doesn't want to stay on my ear for some reason. Maybe my ears have gotten larger, or maybe they've gotten smaller. I don't think that happens. I think the older you get, the bigger your ears get. Anybody, anybody ever heard that, and your nose grows? I'm in trouble, by the way. My ears are already the size of saucers, man. By the time I'm 75, I'm going to have plates on the side of my head, if that's, if that's really true. So Jesus sends these fishermen across this sea that's really not much bigger than lakes where I grew up, not much bigger than Lake Maupaw or Lake uh, Pontchartrain outside of New Orleans and not, it's not the Gulf of Mexico. It's not scores of miles across or hundreds of miles. It's not near that big. 
And he sends them out, these fishermen, these people that have been on the water since they were kids. They were raised to be fishermen. Their, their dad, for some of them, was, was a fisherman, so he raised some of these. They, they've been out there before, but he sends them. It's all calm. It's a beautiful day. No rain in the forecast until they get out into the middle of the sea. And in the middle of the sea, a great wind comes up and a great storm comes up and begins to rock their boat. It begins to shake their faith and they begin to be afraid. And and because they're fishermen, no doubt they understand what to do in the middle of the storm. That as the torrential rains are falling, you don't just stand there and go, yep, our boat's filling up with water. What are we going to do? No, you take buckets, you take anything you have, and, and you begin to, to try to get the water out of the boat. And in verse 37, it said, that great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. That already, early on, just at the beginning, the boat is filling up with water, and, and I'm sure they've been, they've been trying to get rid of the water. They've been pitching the water out, and as fast as they can do it, the waves are coming over the side of the boat and the rain is falling. And in the middle of their storm, they realize they're powerless against the storm. They realize that there's nothing they can do about the storm. They, they can't stop the storm. They can't control the storm. They can't even mitigate the effects of the storm. That no matter how hard they try, the boat keeps on filling up. Anybody been in places like that where things come into your life and you're doing the best you can, you're trying, you're putting all of your effort into trying to stop it and to fix it and to make it go away and to make it better, and all of your efforts are futile against the storm. Everything you try is to no avail. They learn in the middle of this that their vision it's limited. They, they are heading to the shore, but the storm has come up, and now we can't, we can't even see the shore on the other side. The wind and the waves are, are rising up so high, we can't even see over the top of them. We don't know where we're going. And so I would tell you the first thing you need to understand that in the middle of your storm is this, understand that you are limited. That you're not going to be able to take care of every storm. You're not going to be able to control every storm. You're not going to be able to handle it all by yourself. Now, if you're like me, my, my first reaction to every problem is, I can fix that. Anybody else like that? Anybody else have that? You, you run into a problem? Oh, yeah, I can take care of that. That's a piece of cake. It's going to take about five minutes. I'm going to wipe this out. Three hours later, it's like, man, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. But that's, that's, my, that's my natural reaction is that I can handle this. I can fix this. I can take care of this. And they, no doubt, are doing the same thing in the middle of their storm. These 12 disciples, they're like, yeah, we can take care of this. We've seen a storm before. All we do is just keep pumping the water, man. It's going to go. And then... In the middle of that, they realize they really don't have the ability to take care of it. And they began to fear that they are going to die. And Jesus, who's in their boat, is sleeping. Now, this is not a a covered cabin cruiser. It's an open boat. I don't know how he's sleeping in the middle of the storm. Lightning's flashing, waves, the boat's rocking, water all over him. I'm sure he's not in a place even where he can be towed. Maybe he's under a tarp and a waterproof animal skin or something that they've waxed really good and it's, it's keeping him dry and he's just sleeping away. And when they realize they can't take care of it, they ask Jesus, they wake him up and say, don't you care that we're perishing? And the reality is they're not just saying, Jesus, don't you care that the 12 of us are perishing? But they think that Jesus is going to perish with them. They don't really know who he is. Jesus, don't you care that all 13 of us are getting ready to go down in the middle of this storm? We're in this sea, and it's, it's rain everywhere, and we're, the boat's filling up, the boat's going to sink. Don't you care that we're going to die? 
And Jesus stands up in the boat and he rebuked, the Bible says, verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Shalom, and then be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm and He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Not only did we learn that we're limited and we don't have the ability to take care of the storm, but in the middle of the storm, we can learn more of God's greatness we can learn more of how powerful he is we can learn more of how how majestic he is and we can learn more of how he can do exceeding abundantly above anything we can ask or think they already knew he's a miracle worker he's already multiplied the loaves and the fish he's already fed five thousand people with five loaves and two fish that's pretty miraculous They've already seen him do miracles. They've already seen him heal the sick. They've already seen him cleanse the leper. They've already seen him in action. Where multitudes would come to him and he would heal them all. And now they're in the middle of this storm. And when they're in the middle of the storm, they can't see clearly. They don't think clearly. And they're like, Jesus, don't you care that we're all going to die, including you, including you, the miracle worker, including you, the one we think is the Messiah. And he just stands up and he says, peace, be still. And immediately the wind cease and the waves stop. And the one they've seen do miracles, they stand there and like, who is this? What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves and the sea obey his voice? Can I tell you today that when you go through the middle of a storm, it's an opportunity to learn how great God really is. It's an opportunity to learn something that you didn't know about him before. It's an opportunity to learn that, yeah, while he's healed others, he can heal me. And and while he's provided for others, he can provide for me. And while he can give peace to others, now he can give peace to me. That in the middle of our storm, he shows off his greatness. He shows off how majestic he is. He shows off his great power. He can do anything today. Whether you're in the middle of the storm or not, He can do anything. And what He has done for others, He will do for you. Anybody had God do anything good for them? Anybody had God do the miraculous for them? Anybody had God provide for them? Why don't you give the Lord a praise right now for that? I've, I've seen... Tumors disappear instantly. I've seen blind eyes healed. I've seen God do things. A few months ago, I showed a picture of a baby born with her legs totally backwards and prayer was made. And the next morning, the legs were straight and just like normal. God can do anything. But we don't see that unless we're going through trouble. We don't see that unless we have problems. We don't need God's miraculous power unless there's a problem. I, I've talked to, I've seen a lot of people, I may have even, even been guilty of this myself, where it's like, man, God, I want to see you do something great. But everything's good in my life. I don't want any problems to see it. Can I tell you, you don't get a miracle of healing unless you're sick. What's he going to heal you of unless you get sick? And I'm not saying, let's all pray to get sick today. Especially not during COVID-19. I don't want that. Just keep it far away from here. 
But it's only in the middle of a trial or trouble that God shows off His miraculous power. He's not the God of provision unless you don't have anything. He doesn't multiply loaves and a fish unless you got 5,000 people who have no food. It's when we have difficulty that God shows up and God performs the miraculous. And oftentimes, He will meet our needs in ways that we do not even anticipate. In ways that we do not expect. In fact, because he's God, he typically knows the best way to do anything, and he always knows the right time. And, and when, I, when I anticipate how God's going to do something, I'm almost always wrong. He never does it like I think he's going to do it. They didn't really expect him to stand up and say, peace, be still, and everything to get better. They expected him to pick up a bucket and begin to throw water over the side of the boat. But he's like, I don't need to do that. I can just stop it right here. All I have to do is speak a word into the middle of your problem, in the middle of your storm, and everything will be okay. And aren't you glad we serve a Noah God like that today, that can do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think that he can do anything. So we learn that we're limited. We learn more of His greatness. We also learn to trust Him. The first verse that I read to you, verse 35, it said, On the same day when evening had come, He said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, granted, they didn't fully understand who he is at this point. And I'm not sure even after the death, burial, and resurrection, they fully had it all together. That's why the Bible says he spent 40 days opening their understanding of the Scripture, reminding them of everything he had done and everything he had said. So now remember why I said this? Let me explain it. They finally got it, but at this point, they didn't really understand who he was and so for them, he said, let's go over to the other side as though it's not, it's not a definite plan. It's just an idea. Well, we're going to set out for this. I don't know if we'll make it or not. But I would tell you, he sent them into the coming storm, and he, he knows what's coming. He's not a meteorologist where he's guessing at what's going to happen. They're guessing we're going to have rain tomorrow, by the way. As I mentioned, it's just a guess. We may get to tomorrow and there is no rain, but God doesn't guess. He knows everything. And so he sends them into the storm. But he said, we're going to go over to the other side. And I would tell you that whatever he says is going to happen if we're following Him, it will come to pass. That, that whatever He said we're going to do, it really will happen because God is with us. God is working with us and He is for us. And if He says we're passing to the other side, guess what? We don't have to worry about the storm between here and there. We're going to get to the other side. We don't have to wonder we may wonder if there's a storm, and maybe there's five storms or ten storms. But here's what I know. If he says we're going to the other side, we are going to the other side. I mentioned this earlier about reading the back of the book, and at the end we win. I can't tell you what's going to take place between now and the rapture. The Bible gives us some clues, it gives us some direction, it tells us some of the facts. But how soon it's going to happen and when exactly it's going to take place, I, I don't really know. I can't tell you if COVID-19 is going to hit us with a second wave or a third wave or, or something else is going to come that's going to be even worse. I can't tell you whether you're going to get sick or not. I can't tell you where one of your loved ones are going to get sick or not. I can't tell you what our government's going to do. I can't tell you how they're going to react. I can't tell you how long we'll even be able to meet in person in services. 
But even though I don't know what's going to come and all the problems that we may face, here's one thing I know is that God is with us. And regardless of what happens down here, we will spend an eternity with Jesus Christ forever. That we will spend an eternity worshiping Him and walking on streets of gold. We will have an eternity with Jesus Christ. And and I I don't know about you, but I'd just soon not die to get there. But if I die, the end is still assured. I'm still going to spend an eternity with Jesus Christ. No matter what happens between now and then, I can trust Him that He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. I I can trust Him that He says, I'm coming back for you. I can trust Him that, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We can walk with Him. We can trust Him that everything is going to be okay. And lastly, it may be more important is this, that in the middle of our storm, we learned that we are not alone. Maybe it's just me, I doubt. But if I'm in a scary situation, I would prefer to have somebody else with me. I mean, I just, you know, it's just, just the way it is. I don't want to be by myself in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of a trial. What do they say? Misery loves company. <laughs> and if it's not going good, I want somebody else there with me. It makes me feel better to have somebody else with me. I may have told this story in, in your hearing before, but... I, I, was, I was knocking doors going through this period where I felt like God was directing me to go and knock doors and tell people about Jesus. And if you've never done that, let me just tell you, it can be very difficult. You never know how people are going to react. You don't know if they're going to slam the door in your face. Have no idea what they're going to do. And, 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 of course, this was probably 27 years ago. I'm not even sure people knock doors about like this today. I mean, they knock doors to sell you stuff, but they're not really going to knock doors. Many people aren't knocking doors to tell somebody about Jesus. But, but I'm knocking these doors, and I'm having this mental conversation about as I'm walking down the street, and every time somebody passes by, I'm like they're looking at me going, what is that idiot doing? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, wouldn't that be, if you're driving by and see somebody walking, isn't that what you're thinking? No, the reality is no. They, they care less what I'm doing. They're not even thinking about me. But I'm thinking that they're thinking I'm an idiot. And so I'm like, if I'm going to be an idiot, I need to be an idiot with somebody. And so I... I had this, this young guy in the church. He was like 12 years old. He was the only one I could find at the time. He was free. I was like, hey, Ryan, I want you to go knock some doors with me. I was like, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be there. And it was a radical transformation. He's 12. He looks 12. Actually, he looks probably 10. And... He can't help me. He can't do anything. But just being with somebody, I was like, oh, yeah, man, I got this. Watch this. Watch me knock on this door. And immediately, I'm like, I don't care what people are thinking. Because now I'm an idiot with another idiot. So there's two of us. And it's like, okay, I'm good with that. But the reality is when we go through storms, and, and, and that's just maybe a humorous example But it's how we are. We don't want to be in the storm by ourselves. We don't want to be lost. If you're going to be lost, you don't want to be lost by yourself. 
You want to have somebody else with you so you can be lost. You can have somebody to talk to while you're wandering around in the wilderness, not knowing where you're going. You always want somebody. Well, can I tell you this, that Jesus is with us in the middle of our storm. He doesn't send them out in the storm and say, hey, we'll just go on. But he's like in the boat with them. He is in the middle of the storm with them. And that means that if Jesus is in the storm with you, then that means Jesus can take care of it. That means Jesus knows exactly where you are and exactly what's going on in your life. And there is no reason to be afraid. But in addition to that, the end of verse 36, and it says this, And other little boats were also with him. Just this throwaway phrase. Just this little phrase and just kind of tucked in. When the storm comes, we don't hear anything about these other boats. Jesus and the twelve, they're in a boat and they're making their way to the other side. But the text tells us there were other little boats that were with them. What that means is all of these other boats that are filled with people as well, they're going to the other side because they want to hear what Jesus is going to say on the other side of the the sea. They're like, man, this is good stuff. Let's follow over there and see what he's going to do. That all of these other boats are in this same storm. They're not alone. The disciples are not alone in the midst of the storm. Jesus is with them. Other people are going through the storm with them. They're no doubt doing the same thing, trying to bail out water. But I would tell you this, that when God takes care of your storm, other people are blessed as well. That he takes care of the storm. He didn't just say, peace, be still. And this little narrow part of the sea is all of a sudden calm. But all of it is calm. That when he speaks and when he interacts in your life, everything around you gets better. And and I realize we think we're kind of like... um, Winnie the Pooh. We've got the little black rain cloud. And it's just following us. Well, let me tell you, everybody goes through trouble. And everybody goes through trials. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. You're not immune. When you become a Christian, guess what? It's not a free from struggle it's not a free from trial card it's not a free from difficulty card he said in this life you will have tribulation but he is with us he is a very present help in time of trouble psalm 46 one i love it a very present help in time of trouble that means that in the middle of our trouble he is most present with us and he has promised never to leave us or forsake us But he is with us always. We are not alone in the middle of the storm. As the musicians come, four things that we can learn. One, that we are limited. Secondly, we can learn more of God's greatness. Thirdly, we can learn to trust him. And lastly, we can learn that we are not alone. People are often afraid in the middle of the storm, as I've mentioned. When they go through difficulty, when they go through trouble, when they go through trials, the natural reaction is to be afraid. In fact, the first mention of fear is Genesis chapter 3. When Adam and Eve sin in the garden, their first emotion is shame. They realize that they're naked, and they feel this shame that they're not supposed to be naked out in the middle of this garden. It's like there's a problem here. But their second emotion was fear. They felt shame, so they got fig leaves and they covered themselves up. 
And then when God shows up and He talks to them, Adam says, but we knew that we were naked and we were afraid. It is a common fear. Fear is common. It's a common feeling. It's a common emotion. From the fall of man until today, fear, it's a native reaction. It's just something that just happens. When something comes along that you don't understand and something comes along that you can't control and you can't handle, fear is the reaction It's what we feel. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And ultimately, I would tell you this, that fear is a lack of faith. Jesus said to them, how is it that you were afraid And you had no faith. If you're afraid of what's going on around us, if you're afraid of what our government may do, or governments of the world may do, if you're afraid of COVID-19, then maybe it's a lack of faith. And that's not to say that you're foolish. The Bible says, Jesus, he's, he's out in the wilderness and Satan comes to tempt him. And he says, well, just throw yourself off, off the temple here because the scripture says that his angels will catch you. You won't even dash your foot against a stone. And, and Jesus quotes Deuteronomy. He says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You don't go and say, you know, I see if he'll keep me from being burned. Let me stick my hand in the fire. No, you're wise. You take precaution. You don't say, well, let me just show up. These people have COVID-19. Let's walk up in the middle. No big deal. God's going to take care of me. Well, that's not faith. That's foolishness. So you're wise, and you do what you're supposed to do, and you, you walk through life following Him. But if you're doing that, there's no reason to be afraid. We can trust Him through whatever storm may come. Let's stand together. There are... I haven't counted them up, and so I'm taking the word of others. There's reported to be, at least in King James, King James Version, 365... Be not afraid. Don't be afraid. That some 365 times the Word of God admonishes us not to be afraid, not to have fear, not to walk in fear. So I would tell you what they say, people have made the comment is that for every day of the year, there's, there's a an exhortation from God's word not to be afraid so on July 26th be not afraid today that no matter what you're going through you can trust God in the middle of the storm you can trust him that he will bring you through to the other side you can trust him that everything is going to be okay because God is with you anybody thankful that God is with us today and so as they began to sing and not going to invite you to come or even move out of your spot today. But I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. Anybody in the storm today? That, that things may not be going exactly like you want them to go. A few hands. what I know that God is in the middle of your trouble he is in the middle of your trial 
and there is no need to fear. But you can trust Him today. So as they begin to sing, would you just, and I know most of you, you didn't lift your hand. You're not, you're not going anything. COVID-19 is not a big deal. Other than having to wear a mask, you know. I get that. But if you're struggling today, God is for you. God is here to take care of you. God is here to assure you that he is with you in the middle of the trial. God is here to let you know that he loves you and cares for you and that everything is going to be okay. Would you close your eyes and would you just begin to talk to the Lord? You can lift your hands, lift your voice and just talk to him today. Jesus, we're so thankful that you are with us in the middle of every storm. We're so thankful that you're with us in times of difficulty. We're so thankful that you're with us, Lord, in the struggles that we face. We're so thankful that we can trust you, that we can depend upon you. We're so thankful that you never leave us alone, but you are always with us. That you care for us, that you're in the boat with us. Lord, that you're not just going to mail out water, but you're going to speak in the middle of our storm and show yourself strong and powerful. That you're going to say, peace, be still in the middle of our storm, Lord. God, we put our hope and our trust in you today. We put our trust and our hope in you today, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you. just because you're with us but you have all power and you can take care of whatever we're struggling with you can eliminate it out of our lives you can show yourself strong today we can learn more of your greatness today more of your power today we give you praise and glory for who you are you know the Bible is start to finish 
it is all about trusting God. Believing God. Believing what He says is true. Following what He says. Trusting Him. From Genesis 3, when Satan says to Eve, he questions God, hath God said? Did God really say that? And she chose to listen to the serpent instead of listening and trusting God and his word. From that time till today, our relationship with God is predicated on our trusting him on our believing that what He has said, He will do. That what He has promised, He will bring to pass. What He has said He can do, that He really has the power to do. When you come to relationship with Jesus Christ, it can't be, well, I'll take Jesus as one of my options. He says, He is the only option. That if you want to live forever with the God of the universe, Jesus is not just one option. He's not your backup plan. He's not, well, I'm trying to make sure that I can get there on my own. I'm I'm trying to earn my way to heaven, but just in case, I'll, I'll trust Jesus. No, it's, it doesn't work that way. It's not, well, maybe, maybe the God of Islam, I'll, I'll follow him and I'll follow Jesus just, just in case. No, it's him and him alone. And if you have any doubts that God will do what he said he would do, let me assure you today, Everything he said he will do, it will come to pass. There is coming a day of judgment. There is coming a time where those who do not follow him will be judged. There is coming a day where all of those who have turned their back and refused to follow him will be cast into a lake that burned with fire and brimstone. all who trust in him can spend an eternity with him and while I can't pretend to know what's going to happen between now and then I can just tell you this it will be worth it all everything he said he will do he will perform God thank you so much for your word today thank you for your spirit Lord I know that there are people here today who may be going through various difficulties and storms of life. Lord, I pray that in the middle of that, I know that you are with them, but I pray, Lord, that you would speak into their situation. Let them know with all assurity that you are indeed with them that you are able and willing to take care of their trouble. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace, not just to the storm, but bring peace to every heart. Speak into our situations. Speak into our lives. us to trust you in the middle of every struggle, in the middle of every difficulty. God, we need you today. I'm going to invite you one more time. Would you just lift your hands, your voices to the Lord right now? 
you want God to be at work in your life in a greater way, now's the time to ask Him for that. His presence is hovering and moving in this place today. Lord, let your Spirit work in every life that's here. God, we need you. We call upon you to be at work in us. We call upon you to draw us deeper into relationship with you, to draw us deeper into truth today. Let the power of your Spirit work, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, we do. trials and trouble our response shouldn't be I can take care of that our response should always be I'll let Jesus take care of it not to seek to take care of our problems by ourselves, but to seek to have him take care of them thank you again for who you are for your presence that we feel thank you Lord that we have the opportunity to gather together today to experience your presence and your power Lord let it be outside of this room not just here Lord, let us experience your presence and power every day as we're walking with you. God bless you so much. Thank you for being here today. Greet four or five people safely and then follow with all the wonderful COVID mandates. Spend some time socializing. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.